0: All right, here we go. You want to pray? You want to pray? Okay. Isn't that beautiful? She made me so. All right. Miss Pat is going to pray for us. Bring her mom. I did it. Look at you go. As soon as the blankets grow up, the 60s. Let it rip. Alright, I'm gonna break. Pray. Pray. Lord, thank you so much just for all the people in this room. And just thank you for being able to come together, just encourage each other. And Lord, I just slipped out um, our brother, Mike, that he would just bring the word to us tonight that we could all receive and just live it out throughout our week. And Lord, just thank you for this precious name,
1: Amen.
0: Thank you. All right. I want you to recall Take yourself back to um, schoolyard days or elementary years and um, and recall that when you're out on the playground, you're playing with, with kids, you know each other, and that if something happened, do you recall the, the desire to want to make that right with one another? You know, I'll never forget one of the times Russ Robertson and I, we were playing out on the playground, and man, we were chunking rocks at each other like crazy, and all of a sudden, I hit him right square in the mouth. And man, I was just like, second grade, I'm going, oh my gosh, Mrs. Spence is going to kill me. Why did that happen? You know, and immediately I'm going over, Russ, please don't say anything. It's not bleeding that bad. It. Really, oh, that looks bad. And you know, and you just, you just wait. You go, man, I hope I don't get in that much trouble. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in that moment, I, a lot of times the, the teachers are almost like this guy in our world, you know, because here's two of us and we're at odds with one another and and the God, the teacher comes in, you know, and she has to soothe everything, right? But there's a lot of times that there's no one around. You know, and you have to have this, I think, still this desire of being okay with one another. You know, with Mrs. Spence, I wanted to be okay with her. My second grade teacher, she was the authority that I saw. Just please don't take me down there to Mr. Thomas, right? And so, but the weekend comes and you're playing backyard football. And my guy was Terry Rayfield. This guy drove me crazy. He was a thorn in my saddle. I was a little bitty fella growing up. I know it's hard to believe, but I was. And the day that I was growing up, whenever the city gave you your uniform, so this will kind of put it in perspective for you. And so I'm playing Little League Baseball, and so everybody's getting lined up. And and the uniforms were handed out and numbered according to size. So throughout my Little League career, I was always either number one or number two. And it was either me or Terry. (laughs) So, you know, I'm trying to get size up if he was on there I'll at least be number two this year but then on the backyard football Terry and I would go at it and he was just big enough for me to kind of sling around a little bit every once in a while but guess what I was big enough for him to sling around every once in a while and at the end of it guys every time without fail we would always come up and go you okay you good? Are we okay, Terry? Then they called me B back then. They'd, B, you good with me? You want to spend a night at my house tonight? And, and if it wasn't too big of a deal, we'd go, Yeah, yeah, I'll spend the night. But sometimes it was a big enough deal, and we'd go, No. <laughs> and then we'd, tomorrow, the next day, and then we'd go, Okay, I'll just see you out here tomorrow. But we knew that we were okay with one another, right? So, I want you to start thinking about where did that desire for us to want and need to be okay with each other, with ourselves, and then a higher being, alright? And here's, I want to just kind of drill this down here just for a second. Did you know that there are 19 different religions in the world? And up underneath those 19 religions, there's 270 subsets of those. Alright? So we're going to keep drilling down. And even in those subsets, one of the biggest is Christianity. It's 32% of the world. Followed by Islam, which is 22%, and Hinduism, which I think is a close 20 or 19%. So here's the deal. Here's what that tells me. Is that it tells me that it doesn't matter where you go in the world, that everyone has this desire to be okay with a higher being and to be all right with each other. So, why would all this be set up? I mean, you can go anywhere in the world, gang. I mean, anywhere. We've been to Haiti, I've been to Haiti before, and when you go into Haiti, You'll go into some, you fly into Port au Prince, it kind of looks like maybe something you would recognize. There's buildings there. But then when you start going deep into Haiti, it's a fourth world country. And no matter where you go, people are going to worship someone or something. I mean, you'll see these crazy flags with all different colors, and, and even they're witch doctors. And so I'm in Haiti and there's no internet, there's no social media, they're in the very deep places that we're going, there's no electricity, there's no water, and yet there's this desire to worship someone or something. And then there's also this, are you good with me? Are we okay? Relationships get out of whack and they're going, are we alright with one another? And so where does that desire come from? And so, since we're in a place that is saying, hey, we believe this guy named Jesus, let's kind of just kind of hone in on that just for a second, all right? So if, if if 32% of the world is saying, look, we believe in God. We believe in Jesus Christ. And this is for another day, but you have to go what does that do for you? So what? Because the world is looking at us as followers of Jesus Christ and wondering why. People are also looking at folks that follow Muhammad and Allah and wondering why. People are also looking at folks that follow Hinduism and going, I wonder why. Because all of them claim to be right. But what about you individually? What is your desire? Where did that desire to be okay with each other, yourself, and our Creator come from? Why did He blow that into people? Across the globe. Take the name of the religion off because, see, religion is a man-made item. It's a man-made item to follow a set of... of, uh, Procedures, processes, doctrine that's following the superhuman. Alright? So let's take it back to Jesus. What about before Jesus? How were people that were following God made right? How did they have this sense of going, I'm okay. Everything is good. Well, we would go all the way back to Leviticus chapter 23. I don't want you to go there. And there's seven different festivals that God set up in the calendar year of people that were following God. It's God of the Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They would say that specifically in the Bible because there were other gods that people were also following in this day. So people would say, "You follow God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob." And you got to remember, Abraham was the one that God credited as righteous. Because of what? His faith. And what is faith? Believe. Why did Abraham believe Him? Why did he pick his whole family up and say, God, I believe You. I'm going because I believe You know better for me than I know better for myself. I'm going to seek Your face in this. I'm not going to listen to the background noise. I'm picking up my tents and I'm going. So in Leviticus, in all of this, God is saying here are seven different festivals that I want you as a crowd to do. I want you as followers of Me to participate throughout the year that shows the world you believe Me. And most of those festivals have to do with liberation, with being okay, with being alright, that you're going to be covered, that you're at peace with this Creator, that you're in harmony with this God, the One that blew life into you on purpose. And two of the very biggies are Passover, and this one we're going to talk about tonight, is Day of Atonement. Day of Atonement, gang, would be much like our Easter. It's still one of the biggest celebrations for the Jewish faith today. If the Jewish faith, if they don't go to anything throughout the year, they'll go to, to, it's called Yom Kippur. Now, us southern folks, we call it Yom Kippur. (laughs) What's that Yom Kippur all about? But it's actually Yom Kippur. And you go, what is it all about? Well, here's what atonement means. Atonement means to cover To make reconciliation. It's the bringing back to friendly relations. It's to regain favor. In the New Testament, it's the restoration of favor of God. It's it's the restoration of those who have placed their trust in Christ. It's making amends. For those of anyone that's ever been in a 12-step, you'll know that one. Step 9. I'm going to make amends in this atonement is what this is. Is that I'm going to make amends on your behalf. And it's repairing a relationship. So I want you to think just for a second, and we're going to come back to it, is that how many times have you ever felt like you've needed your relationship with your Creator repaired? And then you based it upon what you could do instead of what He has already done. And you say, okay, then what is it that I need covering then, Bibbo? What is it that I need atoned? What is it that I would need to have these friendly relations restored again? Well, let me show you this. This is going to be so much fun. Let's pretend just for a second that this, isn't that cool? Why did we make them that big ever? It's like a coffee table. Isn't it? It's just missing legs. But this is the Holy Bible. But I want you to pretend this is the book of life. Because since we're following this path of God and and the Jewish faith and not others, this one says that there's this book of life. And so within the the Jewish faith, when they they have this book of life, you've got to find out if your name's in it. And so the way that you found out your name was in the book of life, it was based on whether what you did was good, whether it was bad, and how those all weighed out. And so I just picture God up there going, "There's Bivo. Let's see, my pencil. Yep, Bivo. Oh, he just chunked a rock. Gonna erase that name. Oh." He just helped his mama. Brought my name back in. And I'm thinking, wow, if I I followed that, I would have serious doubts. So it made sense then that God said, I want you to do this over and over and over and over. And here's what they did over and over and over the high priest would go into what would look like a real cool tent. Just really cool. But on this Day of Atonement, the priest would go into the Holy of Holies. It it would be the big tent and it's got this huge curtain and he's going into, into the Holy of Holies and he only would go in there at this time and in Passover. And he's first offering a sacrifice of blood for himself. Now why blood? The world has to look at us at time and go, why all the singing about blood? Blood represents life. Without blood, there is no life. Okay? And so he's going in and he's offering that for himself. And then he literally offers it for the entire nation that's following God. And they will figuratively... Dillon will love this. There will be a goat there. And he would figuratively lay his hand on the goat... And then the goat would be released into the desert, the forest. Hence, you ever heard the phrase scapegoat? That's where it came from. Is that your sins, you just watched your sins walk off on the goat. Poor goat. It was a bad day for the goat, wasn't it? (laughs) I couldn't resist. (laughs) Something bad. But really... And so here's where the doubt would come into me. You go, all right, I came this time. My name's in the book. What if you missed? What if you were so sick you just couldn't get there? What if you got almost there but just didn't get there? You see where I'm going? It's just doubting that. But that's what they did. The high priest would go in over and over and over and over. And so, what about us for today? Are you okay? Yes. Some say yes. Some might say no. I want you to turn to Revelations 3 just real quick. It's in the very back of the book. I got my big book of life back out. It's Revelation 3, it's verse 5. That verse says, All who are victorious will be clothed in white. That's the color of royalty. It's actually going to be linen as well. It says, I will never, look at their gang, I will never erase their names from the book of life, but I will announce before my Father and his angels that they are mine. How? How? And so here's the thing: if you've ever wondered any in your life, maybe you have on a day or two, that God is up there going, "Good, none like Bivo. Are you serious? You just did what to that driver that went in front of you? <laughs> Lord have mercy! I oh, dog it. Can't believe I ever wrote his name down again. Well, can you, Paul? <laughs> or maybe you'll pay for a minute. Well, look, Bivo. Look at that little bald headed boy. He just bought somebody's meal. I'm going to put his name back in the book. Give me a check mark. I'm going to put a check mark by there. Please tell me God doesn't talk like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know. Please, Please tell me he doesn't talk like that. <laughs> I am thinking he a little voice. Have you ever thought that or have you ever tried to use God to control someone in their behavior? then what you're doing is pulling out this book of life and saying your behavior's not matching up to what I want it to be. Therefore, you're not covered. i got news for us, gang. We're not God. Amen. But i got incredibly great news for us. Your name's in the book as soon as you said yes. Amen. So flip back over to Hebrews 7 because I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to take the word for it. It's Hebrews 7. It's verse 27. Now remember, we said the high priest goes in. The old, the high priest would go in over and over and over and over and over. And this verse tells us, unlike those other high priests, He, that's Jesus that the writers are talking about here, does not need to offer sacrifices every day. They did this. Now he's going back to the priests. They, the priests, did this for their own sins first, and then for the sins of the people. But Jesus did this. How many times? Say it loud, folks. How many times did Jesus do it? But Jesus did this, and they're talking about what? Into this. What is he talking about? Sacrifice, blood, blood sacrifice. That's it. Life. But Jesus did this once for how many? All. All. When He offered Himself as the sacrifices, the sacrifice for the people's what? Sins. It's plural, and some folks love to play with that word atonement and say at one moment, at one moment, Jesus took care of it, and there was no more need. <clears throat> so I go back to. Why the covering? You ever wonder? You don't have to. You don't ever have to wonder about that ever again. Because I've got more great news. Go over to 2 Corinthians. It's in 2 Corinthians. It's going to be in chapter 5. And so we just found out that Jesus did this once for all. And so this is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18. And so what Jesus just did, what we just talked about Jesus doing, and He said, all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to Himself through who? Christ. Through who, gang? Christ. So if you've ever been in that point where He's going, I've got to get back right with God, and you start jumping through some hoops, you can Stop jumping. And God has given us this task of reconciling. That means bringing together. Remember what that means. It means bringing back. We're in friendly relationships to Him. Verse 19, For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to Himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Did you see this? (laughs) How, no longer what? Count our sins against us. How many of us count our own against us? No Man, you can stop, gang. He's broken it and thrown it away. He says, "I don't." you've said yes. Your name's in the book. You are signed, sealed, and delivered. You are covered and smothered completely. Now I've released you to go be me out in the streets. That's why we're covered. That's why we don't he doesn't want us to go back over and over and over and over again. It paralyzed us. And he knew that. <laughs> Christ is our forever scapegoat, man. <laughs> he took him away forever. He obliterates the need for our good to outweigh the bad. It is finished. So I want to close with this, is that you are back in friendly relations. You are covered in Him because of what Christ has done. He has fulfilled every piece of it. Amen. Father, we thank You. I thank You for a group in this room that gets it, that understands, Lord, that that when we have this tendency to want to start jumping through hoops, that we can take that thought captive and be reminded that you've already paid that price. Father, in this season of of remembrance of you that we know that, um, Lord, that if we've come in the room or even during the week, if we've ever started to beat ourselves up, Lord, we can stop. You have satisfied that. And so, Father, we can just continue to heal knowing that we are secure in you our faith and our yes in Jesus. So Lord, we love You. We're going to celebrate now in song and and, uh, taking of the bread and juice that represents what we just read here, Father, that we are covered because of our faith in You. And we thank You for Your willingness and Your love for us to do so. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.